Welcome back to the James Has an Opinion podcast. Today, I'm just doing a little bit of a life update and then we are gonna talk some real housewives. So stay tuned. So I wanted to start with a little bit of a life update. I know that's probably not what most people listen for, but hey, this is my podcast. I don't take it too seriously. I just come here to talk, have fun. I do see that I'm getting some listeners, which is awesome. But in some ways, I would love if this would like blow up and so many people would be listening to what I'm saying. But in a lot of ways, this is just kind of a personal thing for me. It's a time of self-reflection when I do this podcast and I talk about my life. Obviously, the housewife stuff is just fun. And also, I'm thinking about housewives all the time. Like, it's bad. I need to start thinking about different things. And so that's just kind of what I would be doing anyways. But the life update stuff, I feel like it's kind of a self-reflection. If you're not interested, I guess you can just move forward a bit. But anyways, the reason why I haven't been posting on the podcast as much is I'm moving in 13 days and I am so nervous about moving. I don't know what it is. It's starting at a new school, moving to a new city. I'm going to be living in Massachusetts still, but the opposite side of the state, an area I'm not very familiar with. And I'm excited to move because, you know, it's a new chapter in my life. And I'm the type of person, I don't like staying the same. I think growing up, it was really hard for me to always live in the same town and be around the same people. Because for the first, not the first, but for like 16 years of my life, or yeah, about 16 years of my life, I was living in the same town. We didn't move within that town once, but I was living in the same town with the same people. It just felt like the same and the same over and over again. So ever since I turned 18, I've just been moving around a lot. I moved in with my grandparents. Then I moved to one college. Then I moved back home with my parents. Then now I'm living with my grandparents again. And then I'm going to a new college in the fall. So, you know, I chose this to be moving around a lot, but it doesn't make it any more diff- any less difficult to be moving around. And I'm just a little nervous about starting somewhere new. But that's going to be good. But that's one of the reasons why I haven't been posting a lot like on the podcast or even on TikTok and stuff is because I have a full-time job right now and I'm just thinking about moving, moving. So it's just a lot on my plate right now. And then the two other things that I kind of took up this summer was reading and learning languages. These two I've kind of put on the back burner ever since I went on vacation. I was, I went to Los Angeles Last week, I had such a fun time. I loved LA. It was my second time visiting LA. And the first time I visited LA, I wasn't too much of a fan. Like, I didn't hate it or anything, but it just wasn't the type of place that I ever think I would go back. And then my friend really wanted to go. And I am I was like, I just really want to go on a trip. I need to go somewhere. So I went to LA. I had such a fun time. It's definitely not the type of place that I could ever live for the rest of my life. I love the East Coast. I also, just for travel, once the world gets back to normal, I like how on the East Coast, you can be in Europe in a five-hour flight, a six-hour flight, seven, eight hours. Like You can be in Europe so quickly, whereas the West Coast, you're not too close to anything because you have that huge Pacific Ocean. I, you're closer to um, you know certain parts of Mexico, certain parts of Canada. You're closer to Hawaii, but that's about it. Whereas on the East Coast, you're closer to... Europe, you're closer to Africa, you're closer to the Caribbean. I think you're probably about the same to Asia as the West Coast, I would assume, because that Pacific Ocean is just so big. Maybe the West Coast is a little closer to Asia. But I just love the East Coast's proximity to the rest of the world and also just how there's so many cities here. You you know, Boston has a different flair from New York, from Baltimore, from D.C. I've never been, but I've heard Philadelphia is like a very different too. So I just like, and then Miami, of course, we have here on the East Coast, which I just like, you know, 
the West Coast is just not, there's just not as many people. I know California is the most populated state, but, you know, you have to think about it. It's like Massachusetts is next to New York, which is next to Pennsylvania. And then we have Florida on our coast and Georgia, and we just have a lot going on here. And I don't know. The, I would, but I, anyways, what I was saying, though, I could see myself maybe living in L.A. for like a year or like six months. I've got a really good job out there. But, yeah, I had such a great vacation, and I'm already thinking about when can I go back to L.A. or the West Coast. I really want to do... um the West Coast of Mexico, too. I want to go to, like, Puerto Vallarta, um, Cabo. You know, I, I want to do a lot of the West Coast. Even in Canada, I want to do Vancouver. So I'll be back on the Pacific Ocean sometime very, very soon. And anyways, I don't know how I got into that. Oh, because the reading and languages. So I, I was trying to read a lot this summer and keep track of learning languages. And the reading, I've done very well. This summer already, I've read, like, seven books. And I have two more weeks left of summer. So hopefully... And I'm, like, halfway through two books. So hopefully by the end of the summer, I will be at like 10-ish books that I read, which is awesome because I've never read that many books at one time. And then my other focus was learning languages. I was just, um, I've kind of gotten to a point in my language learning. I know I made a podcast earlier in the summer where I was like, oh, I'm learning French and some Czech and all these languages. And I've kind of gotten to a point in my language learning where I realized that focusing on less things is better. Like I'd rather have a really in-depth knowledge of a few languages than kind of a surface level knowledge of many languages. You know, some people like to just have a surface level of many languages. They just like to be able to have a, you know, very basic conversation in many languages. I'm, I really want to be like fluent in, you know, I'd rather be fluent in three or four languages and have a base level knowledge of like eight or nine. So basically what I ended up doing this summer was, again, I wasn't studying as hard as I should have been. So I don't want to be like, oh, I've been studying languages all summer because I really haven't. I've mostly been doing Portuguese. And by that, I've been reading in Portuguese. I have a few books. I bought this one book, like Teach Yourself Brazilian Portuguese. I have another book that's like short stories in Brazilian Portuguese. I, I've watched a little bit of film and television in Portuguese, but not too much of that. And then so besides the reading, I've really just been doing like Duolingo, some other apps occasionally like on twitter i'll go and search twitter is great because it's just short pieces of dialogue i'm going on twitter occasionally and just finding like tweets in portuguese by like searching it in twitter and then i'll just read through them and that's really good practice and then of course other than portuguese the language that i've been focusing on is spanish but i am studying spanish in college so when i go back to college in you know two weeks when i'm moving i'll be doing a lot of Spanish and speaking Spanish and there's a possibility that I'll be living in Spain for my spring semester so I you know I'm still keeping up with the Spanish but I'm not too worried because I know I'll just be back in the groove of Spanish and doing that once I'm back at college and if I go to Spain you know a lot of people think that oh before you go abroad you really have to practice the language and practice the language which is good you still practice the language but what I noticed whenever I was been traveling in a Spanish-speaking country is that within a few days, I already see improvement with always being around and immersed with the native speakers. So I'm not too worried about that. It might be a little difficult at first, but I'm going to try to keep up with it and stuff like that. So yeah, that's my life update. Moving. I tried to do a lot of reading this summer, the languages and the TikTok and the, but the TikTok for the business I work with, which is down the Cape, that I've been really on top of and running. But I'm talking about my personal TikTok and this podcast has kind of been on the back burner. I, this, I'm hoping I can do one more podcast episode before I move this Potentially, though, could be my last podcast episode until I move. And then when I'm at school, I don't really know how that's going to work. The one good thing about where I'm the new school that I'm going to, I'm only an hour and 45 minutes from my parents' house, um, like two hours from my grandparents. My grandparents have 
two homes. So two hours from one of my grandparents' homes and like three and a half-ish hours from my grandparents' other home, which is where I live right now. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to come home like every weekend, but on a weekend that I come home, if I have time, maybe I'll have the ability to do some more podcasting. If not, it's going to be kind of on the back burner until the holidays. I'll be able to do like one or two episodes. And then, you know, this that following summer, I'll be back kind of like how I was not this past summer, but the summer before, because I just had a lot more time on my hands this summer. I was very busy, which is why I think I only ended up doing including this one, like four, maybe five episodes this summer, maybe one more. So maybe it'll end up being six. So yeah, now we're going to get into Housewives. Thank you for listening to my life update. Okay, so Housewives this week, we actually have a lot to talk about. We have four franchises that have news right now. We have three airing, plus we got the Salt Lake City trailer. I didn't actually take any notes this time, so I'm just kind of going off the top of my head. We're going to start with Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills right now is my favorite. I also really like Potomac, but I'm Loving Beverly Hills right now. I just think the Beverly Hills casting right now is absolutely perfect. And at the end of the day, it is the casting that I think makes or breaks these shows. It's the cast and then how long we've had that cast. Because, for example, Jersey's current cast was so great like one or two years ago, but now it's stale. Whereas Beverly Hills, they kind of they have a great cast and it's changed. It's had change over the years, so it's still good. I see people on Twitter like, "Oh, I'm done with Dorit. I'm done with Lisa Rinna. I'm done with Erica." Blah 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 blah. And I don't like Dorit. I don't like Erica. Lisa Rinna, I appreciate her role on the show, but I usually disagree with her. However, I think the show is going great. I don't think anyone needs to go after next season. I think this is a really solid cast. The only one where I could give or take, which I know is such an unpopular opinion, is Kathy Hilton. I thought she had some funny moments, but to me, at, after this point, we've seen that like wacky, goofy side of her, and now I don't feel like she has too much more to offer. But what's crazy is I'm even loving Kyle this season. Like, so strange. I don't think I have liked Kyle since season five. I think season five, I didn't fully like Kyle, but I had some sympathy for her because clearly Brandy was trying to create issues between her and Kim. So literally, it has been like over five years since I've liked Kyle on this show. So this season, I'm, I'm liking Kyle, which is so weird because I'm appreciating Kyle this season. She's doing lots of messy things that I can spot, but then she doesn't take accountability. And normally that bothers me, but for some reason this season, I'm loving it. I'm thinking it's funny. I don't know. I like Kyle. Interesting thing I heard, this was from um, the No Filter podcast with um, Zach, I completely forget his name, um, very popular podcast, I feel like if you're listening to me for Housewives stuff, you definitely know who he is, it's like hashtag No Filter, he has like a, a wine and rosé line now, like very, very cool guy, um, he, I heard on his podcast, was talking about how that moment with Garcelle and Erica was basically, a lot of it was kind of manipulated by the producers. Oh, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm meaning that moment, the last episode, where, like, Erica starts crying, blah, blah, blah. So apparently, this is what he said on his podcast, that uh, Erica never told Garcelle on camera what was going on between the calls with Tom. And apparently, Erica said it off camera and it, it was a hot mic moment. And then they put that soundbite in on the hike to look like Erica shared it with Garcelle on camera when she didn't. So then, or no, sorry, Erica did not share it with Garcelle. Erica shared it with Crystal off camera. And then it made it, they made it look like she shared it with Garcelle and Crystal as a soundbite. Then the producer told Garcelle that Erica had said that Tom calls her to Crystal. And then the producers told Garcelle to say it in front of the group. And so... 
then after that, apparently Erica was very mad at the production because she didn't want that brought up on camera, but they already had that hot mic moment of her saying it to Crystal off camera. So I'm horrible at explaining things. So Garcelle was never told the information by Erica. So how is Garcelle supposed to know that she wasn't supposed to share it? Because Erica never really told her. The production told her to share it. And production probably said to her, like, oh, Erica shared this with Crystal already on camera. So I don't know. I'm with Team Garcelle. I don't understand why Erica got so it's like I understand why Erica got upset because maybe she doesn't want to share this and she's sharing so much and she's going through a hard time but I don't understand why she kind of directed her anger towards Garcelle clearly after she really had that meltdown it seemed like she her anger was no longer directed at Garcelle but at first that is what it seemed like and I was not a fan of that because I love Garcelle so yeah those are some thoughts some interesting tea and now let's move on to New York New York I'm not hating this season as much as a lot of other people are. I've heard a lot of people saying this is the worst season ever, blah, 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 blah. Again, I think this does go down to casting. The issue with this cast is I see a lot of people saying it's Ebony or it's Leah or it's Ramona. And at the end of the day, the fact that we are always talking about Ebony, Leah, and Ramona means that they are the three who are actually making this show. I think next season, if I was to cast the show, I would keep Ebony, Leah, Ramona. I would maybe make Bershon full-time, but at least still keep Bershon as a friend. And then I would demote Sonia to a friend because I'm tired of Sonia. I, I do appreciate Sonia to a certain extent, like the wacky, goofy things that she does, but her storyline is old. I'm tired of seeing it. It's literally been the same thing since, I mean, probably her like second or third season on the show. It's just been like, oh, I'm trying to make a business and I keep failing and I'm not over my marriage and I'm tired of seeing it. So I think Sonia should be demoted to a friend and Luann, I just, I think Luann's story is up and Luann doesn't really have chemistry with anyone on the cast. Like now she's pretending to be Ramona's best friend after she has hated Ramona since season one and they've never actually been friends. And you know, Luann doesn't really seem to have chemistry with Leah. She doesn't seem to have it with Ebony. She has a little bit with Sonia, but at the end of the day, Sonia is always more loyal to Ramona over Luann. So Luann really doesn't have a place on this cast, in my opinion, and she should, and her storyline is up. She gave us a lot of good things over the years, but her storyline is over. So my opinion, yeah, keep Ebony, Leah, and Ramona full-time, fire Luann, Sonia, Sonia either fired or demoted to a friend, and then I think two new people, um, or two or three new people, and then Bershawn either keep as a friend or bring full-time. I'm not sure about Bershawn. I do like her. I like her positive energy. I like her as a friend. I don't know if I'd want her full-time, but so yeah, Bershawn and Sonia as friends, Ebony, Leah, and Ebony, Leah, and Ramona full-time, and then I think three new people. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, Jill Zarin or Dorinda or Bethany, and here's the thing. I think people want to bring those people back because they think when they come back, the show will be what it once was. But I don't think it will be. I think it'll actually be stale because right now the show doesn't feel the best and we've ha we've have all these people that have been on forever. So I think three completely new people. That's my opinion. I think six women, two friends of. Yeah, that, that would be my opinion. I don't know. Or even like Luann, I will say this. I think if demoting Luann to a friend for a season would get her to like 
do more and be more involved and like start drama or something because then she would want to get her apple back and then i would support actually demoting luann to a friend because then she realized okay i have to work harder to get my apple back which they kind of did to her before i don't think it was because she was boring i heard it that season that she was demoted to a friend was because she li didn't live in new york that season she lived in the hamptons well which is new york but i mean new york city so yeah, that's my thoughts on the casting. I'm not hating this season. I'm not loving it either. Like, I just don't think it's worth talking about. Ramona at that Black Shabbat dinner was acting crazy, ridiculous. And yeah, that's kind of my thought on that. Again, when I say I like Ramona on the show, I don't agree with basically anything Ramona has ever said. But I just think she's good for the show. And I think... I think Ramona and Sonia, like, Sonia is just as bad as Ramona. I think Sonia just gets a better edit. Like, Sonia has said a lot of, like, pretty problematic things this season, and she just gets, like, a better edit, and the fans like her, so she gets away with it, whereas Ramona, which I'm not saying Ramona shouldn't be held accountable. I'm just saying Sonia should be held to the same standard as Ramona. So, yeah, I'm just I'm just over Sonia, and the only reason why Sonia gets away with anything is because she's a fan favorite, and they give her a good edit every year. I even heard that... I could be misquoting this. It was on the Behind the Velvet Rope podcast. They had Barbara Kay and Elise on that podcast. And I believe Elise said that one of the first filming things that she went to, she had a huge issue with Sonia. It didn't end up airing. But then apparently Dorinda pulled her to the side and said, oh, you don't want to fight with Sonia. The fans love her. They give her a good edit. You don't want to fight with her. You're not. It's not a good look. So basically all the women on the show know too, oh, you can't really go after Sonia because the fans love Sonia and production loves Sonia. So I'm just over Sonia. I've never been that interested by her. I don't get why the fans love her so much. Yes, this is an anti-Sonia Morgan podcast. <laughs> okay, next let's talk about Potomac. It's been a while. It's a Sunday right now, so there's a new episode of Potomac tonight. So it's been like six days since I've watched Potomac. So I'm trying to remember what exactly ha is ha going on in Potomac. Oh, they just went on that trip to Williamsburg. I actually agree with Giselle. I've been to Williamsburg a few times. There is nothing in Williamsburg, like nothing at all. It's such a strange place to choose a vacation. They have like a, like, a colonial town, but really, like, how long are you going to spend there? An hour or two? There's just not that much going on there. There's an amusement park there, but I've never seen the Real Housewives go to an amusement park. So I don't know what they're doing in Williamsburg. I don't, it's not too far from the ocean, but, you know, it's not on the ocean. So I kind of agreed with Giselle. The house looks very nice. You guys know I'm usually a Giselle and Robin apologist, a Giselle and Robin fan, a stan, you could say. But I actually did feel really bad for Mia, who, by the way, I don't really like Mia. I, you know, I don't dislike her. I don't like her. I just don't feel much for her. But I actually felt really bad for Mia when um, Robin was like, oh, I'm going to take your room. Because I think Mia just felt like really blindsided and she just seemed very upset. And I, I just felt horribly. And yeah, even though I don't like Mia, I've, I just feel bad for how some of the women are kind of judgmental about her. Like when Giselle said, oh, I want to meet Mia so I can tell my daughters not to be like her. Like, I just think that's really horrible. And I usually love Giselle. I just think she's taking it a little too far. Um, Zen Wen is just ridiculous. I heard, I believe it was Jacques Peterson who has a podcast. He was saying that Wendy basically is aligning herself with Karen because the fans like Karen and Wendy doesn't want to be like a political commentator or a professor. She wants to be a reality star and she thinks aligning herself with Karen is what's going to take her the farthest, make her a better reality star. So that actually makes a lot of sense to me because it made no sense. I get where Robin and Giselle are coming from. Wendy was like riding for them on their team and then 
all of a sudden she's not and she's with Karen and she's starting a candle line and it makes no sense and I I, I am upset because I loved Wendy last season and this season I'm just I'm really not feeling her also when Wendy was defending when Wendy said like oh I was trying to def with the whole Mia thing when Wendy was like saying she was trying to defend Giselle and then Giselle was like oh you know you don't have to go that hard like you have to listen to the other person and then Wendy took that as, oh, like, Giselle won't defend me, but I'll defend her. But it was, in that moment, it was like, Wendy, Giselle didn't ask you to defend her. Giselle didn't really need a defense. She didn't even seem that bothered by what Mia had said over that text. I think Wendy purposely did that because she wanted to have an excuse to switch off of Giselle's team. I think Wendy is very calculated in her movement in the group. Like, she purposely went to Karen because she's a fan favorite. It seems like she's distanced herself from Candace a little bit because people don't love Candace. And I think by the end of this season, there's going to be two groups. And one is going to be Karen, Mia, Ashley, and Wendy. And then the other one's going to be Ascala, Robin, Giselle, and Candace. I think it's going to be two groups. I don't think they're going to be like... This all of these people hate the people in the other group, but they're definitely gonna. There's gonna be a little bit of division there because from what I've seen, Candace and Wendy still get along. It just seems like Wendy they can't be as close as they once were because Candace has all these issues with Karen, and Wendy now seems to be best friends with Karen. But yeah, Potomac's a really interesting season. I'm really enjoying it. There hasn't been a bad episode yet. I do wish it was moving a little bit faster. I do think it's moving a bit slow, but I'm still really enjoying it, and I really like it. Um, Salt Lake City now. Let's move there really quickly. The trailer looks really interesting. I like how they didn't give everything away. I noticed Jersey, I said this on TikTok too, Jersey and Beverly Hills particularly, I feel like they give everything away in the whole season in the trailer, and I don't like that. Atlanta does a great trailer. Atlanta never really gives anything away in the trailer. It's like a teaser, and I feel like that's what Salt Lake City did. It was like a teaser. It didn't really give anything away. Same, the Potomac trailer was so good because it didn't really give away the plot of much. So that's what I liked about this Salt Lake City trailer. I, I'm excited to see these little moments, but I don't exactly know what's happening, what's going on. Of course, we know there's going to be this legal issue with Jen Shaw, but it was an exciting trailer, and I think it's going to be a great season. I hope, I don't know when I'm going to get to watch all this stuff coming up, though, just because I'm going to be in college. I'm not going to have a TV. I guess I can stream it on my phone. I'm going to have to figure all of that out. So, yes, there is my Housewives Bravo breakdown of kind of the month, because it's been about a month since I've done this. So that was a bit of a quicker episode. I just wanted to come and talk to you guys, just some updates and talk Housewives, because I love Housewives. Hoping to put up one more episode in August before I move, but no promises. So if this is my last episode for a while, Bye. Thank you to everyone who's been listening to me. You guys are awesome. I even saw a few reviews over on iTunes that people gave, and they were all so nice. So thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day, guys. If you're watching Potomac tonight, enjoy that. I know I will be watching Potomac. Bye.